You are listening to Unified Through Chronic and Mental Illness with your hosts, Angie Roberts and Kimberly Murphy. Please be advised that some of the topics of this podcast can be triggering and sensitive in nature. I lived in a small town when my dad passed away, so I actually worked at Walmart and I had to quit my job because so many people knew my dad and uh, they would just come through my line and kept talking about him and kept talking about him. And it was like, it was so hard. I, I, I couldn't do it anymore. Hey everyone, welcome to Unified. Today's subject is grief, uh, which is a difficult subject. Most people think about loss of loved ones. Um, And with COVID and everything that's happening in the world right now, we thought it would be a really good time to talk about the importance of grieving. Grief is a deep sorrow often brought on by death or great loss. Psychology Today says not everyone goes through the five stages of grief. There's no timeline for feelings of pain after loss, nor is it possible not to suffer at all. They also say that there are two types of grief, acute grief, which is a short-term grief, but it may return later. The second is intense or complicated grief. It happens to about 10 to 20 percent of mourners, and it may last months or years. They often feel like life has lost meaning. And um, interesting enough, I read on Good Therapy that there's also another type of grief, which is called disenfranchised grief, which basically means that the person's mourning is restricted. So it could be like society doesn't place importance on it, like if you lose a pet. Uh, Sometimes people are just like, well, it's just a cat, you know. Um, Right. It could be something like if you are an adopted child, you grieve the loss of the parents you never knew you had even if they're still alive just the fact that you didn't have that experience in that relationship um it could also be something like a woman who has a miscarriage and she feels Mm. guilt and shame so she doesn't tell other people about her loss right because sometimes women who have miscarriages feel like they're going to be blamed for it Um, yes yeah and then just like uh Certain relationships will receive more support than others. Like a coworker won't get the same support that a spouse will, obviously. Um, so right. their grief isn't really recognized. So that's just an, another type of grief that um, a lot of people don't talk about or know about. Yeah, it sounds like society. That's almost like a society thing. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> like absolutely. society deems as important enough. Uh, what society deems important enough for you to grieve. Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It has a lot to do with our culture. So I know that there's a little bit of controversy going on around the importance of the five stages of grief and um, you know, they're, they're fluid. They're not like in any sort of strict order, but I think it's important to mention it anyways, because Mm -hmm. it is a lot of what we go through. So one of the stages of grief is denial. So somebody's really shocked. They just suffered the loss. Uh, and actually the shock protects us because it allows us to deal with the death of a person. It's kind of like when they say um, grief is love with no place to go. I feel like anger is also because 
um, they have no connection to their person anymore. They're trying to figure out where, what to do with those feelings. So it, it expresses an anger. There's also bargaining. So a lot of times people are like, please, God, um, I'll never do this again if you just let this person live. Uh, yeah. You know, if I devote the rest of my life to helping others, please let this person live. Or the whole what if, what if I had done this? What if I had done that? Uh, if only I had changed something different. And um, they call that the bargaining also because we're, you know, we're replaying the whole thing in our minds and trying to find a way that it could have had a different outcome. Right. Um, and then depression, because, of course, I mean, this is pretty self-explanatory. Uh, we feel like this, this loss and this sadness is going to last forever. So people might question, you know, how am I going to live my life without this person? And I'm just using a loss of a person as an example, because it's one we can all relate right. to. Um, how am I going to go on? Um, how am I going to do the things that I used to do with that person, you know, by myself or with someone else? Just, just depending on the relationship that you had, you're starting to realize that um, there's a huge change that you, you didn't want. And it, it's, it's hard to deal with. Yeah. And then the last stage they say is acceptance. And this is, you know, people think that acceptance means they're okay with it. That's not what it means, you know, because most people don't ever feel okay that somebody's gone. Um, they you know, just accept the fact that it is what it is. It is what it is. They, uh, they accept <laughs> there that. that there right? it is again. Exactly. It is what it is. And that's what it is. You know, they're physically gone. Um, this is the new reality. It's never going to be like it was before. This is a new normal and it's something we have to learn to live with and we get better with doing that over time. So that's really what acceptance means, um, which I find to be interesting because I think personally speaking, I think that's something that uh, you don't necessarily master. It's just something you go through for the rest of your life with this person missing, depending on how close right. they were to you, you know? Yeah, that's. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they're all fluid. But okay, so you said uh, there's people debunking this. So what what is the general consensus on that? Well, there was just a couple of things I read in psychology today. Um, one thing was the lady that wrote about the five stages was not talking about grief. They were actually talking about a person going through a terminal illness. However, oh, right. however, yeah, however, they say that, you know, this can also be um, applied to a lot of other things in our mm -hmm. lives. It's and funny so that you say I think that being one of them. It's funny that you say that because when I got diagnosed with lupus, I, I felt like I was like going through all the stages of grief, grieving my old person. I definitely. Yeah. Fibro. So I can see how that, illness. yeah, I can see how this applies to people with chronic illness. Um, Wow. <laughs> I'm kind of stunned by that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're trying to say that not everybody may go through every stage. Mm -hmm. So um, that it may not be true for everybody. So um, I think that it's not a lot of, you know, negative debunking. It's just kind of saying where Expanding. it actually came from. Right. Um, but it, you know, a lot of things can and it's, I, I feel like it's true because when I lost my father, I didn't go through all of this stuff. Um, right. And I was kind of feeling like, what's wrong with me? Because I didn't have all those feelings. Um, 
you know, I mean, and then when my cat died, I cried every day for a year. So you just never know what is going to happen when, when you lose somebody you love. You really don't. Mm -hmm. And it does matter how close you are to the person and how, Mm -hmm. you know, how much they were a part of your life. Right. The five stages, definitely, I was grieving my old self and the old life that I couldn't have anymore. And then once I accepted my new, my new life and having to depend on somebody to help me so much, I started to have this fear that I was going to lose that person. Oh, wow. So I was like, what if I lose this person that I depend on? What if I lose a caregiver? What if I lose somebody who isn't just a part of my life, but helps me absolutely live my life. And right. that's a scary thing that you, you start to realize, oh my goodness, there are people out there who are losing these people that they depend on so deeply. Right. Uh, and that's unique to our situation, uh, having chronic illness and mental illness. I think a lot of us can uh, relate to that on some level, the fear of losing that person or having lost somebody. Um, I think it puts that grief on a whole nother, whole nother level. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. I know I felt that way when I lost my best friend that um, that I just lost my super person, my bestest, bestest friend in the whole world. The person that knew everything about me. We were friends for 20 plus years. Um, she was a and I, I'll, uh, most people already know if you've listened, but if not, she was a um, victim of domestic violence. And, um, so it was a very sudden thing as, um, I was very much in shock when I got the call and, um, I don't know how long I was in shock. I'm still, let's see, that was, oh my gosh, I don't even want to guess. I can't remember if it was two or three years ago, but it seems like yesterday. That's probably why. Yeah. That's not really long when you compare 20 years. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And um, I still go through the 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 stages of grief. I've went through all of those. Like and I still go through the what ifs and the, you know, um, why and just certain times like I, it's, I haven't got to the total acceptance yet that I feel, you know, I feel like that I have gotten to total acceptance with my dad and my mom because they've been gone a whole whole lot longer like I accept the fact that they're gone I think you still always kind of grieve and kind of, at times maybe certain times of the year or something like that yeah that you, I'll be like look you know, at all these things my father would have loved to have seen or like with the grandchildren especially my kids uh, right so I can relate to that so yeah it, might, it feels like a deep sadness or you know but it, it you know it's usually not not as bad as when it's fresh. Yeah, but I think it stays with you, though. I mean. Oh, it definitely stays mm-hmm. with you forever. So, yeah, in my situation, when my father passed away, I didn't have all of those feelings of um, the stages of grief that we just talked about. And that was confusing to me. That was really confusing to me. Because people tell you how you're supposed to deal with something. And when you don't have that reaction or you don't go through it in the way that they, that you think you're supposed to, 
it can make you feel like something is wrong with you or, um, you know, it can make you feel really bad. So now you're feeling bad because you lost somebody and you're also feeling bad because you're not honoring them in the way that you think you should. Right. But there's no one way to grieve. Exactly. Exactly. Sometimes people don't grieve over some people as hard as they grieve over others. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just want to say to people, if you're not crying every day or if you're not, you know, you're not this or that. and, And that's basically like what a lot of people feel like if they're not crying all the time or something, you're not doing a disservice to your loved one and you're not dishonoring them. You're mourning them in your own way. And and that's okay. And it's okay to laugh. Yep. Absolutely. It's not okay to laugh when they're supposed to be mourning. Well, yeah, I mean, sad, mm -hmm. but you know, our loved ones would want us to laugh. Exactly. So So, yeah, to remember them fondly. We have Elizabeth back here with us on Unified today. Um, Her aunt passed away about three months ago of COVID and her daddy passed away um, about two weeks ago. How are you really feeling right now? Elizabeth. My, it feels like my heart's been ripped out of my chest and that somebody's actually stomping on it. And I just, it's been a really rough few months for me with my aunt passing away and then now my dad losing a parent. It's something that's never happened to me before. And it's been really, it's been a really rough experience for me. Yeah, it is a whole new world when you lose a parent. It's just, um, I think that's something really all three hard. of us have in common. We've all lost a parent. Right. Yeah. Were you close uh, to your father, Beth? Yes. Yeah. So when you found out that your dad was in the hospital with COVID, were you able to talk to him or see him before he passed away? He was actually in a nursing home. He had been in a nursing home for a couple of years and he actually got the COVID from his roommate and, um, Oh, wow. That's horrible. Um, he only had it for a couple of weeks, and I just—it's it, been very devastating to me to lose to lose my father. Um, I know that a lot of the nursing homes like had all these restrictions where people couldn't visit. It, it in the nursing home that your dad was at was it the same there? Um, I actually got to see him just before uh, Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, I was allowed a visit um, with him, but it was. Uh, no contact. Um, we had to be six feet apart. Um, I got to visually see my father. That's nice. At least do that. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't realize that that would be the last time that I got to see my father alive. Mm-hmm. But I did have uh, contact with him on the phone a lot. That's that's nice. Um, I'm glad you at least had that. You know. Yeah, I I can imagine that um, hearing that your father had COVID was like a shock to you. And then to, you know, for him not to have it so long. Did it feel like it was all just happening all at once, Beth? Yes. Yeah. How did you handle that? Like, what what was going through your mind? It hit me like a freight train, honestly, because mm-hmm. it was like, oh, here we go again. Right. Because you had just gone through that with your aunt, so... I'm so sorry. That is that is a lot for one person. Um, I'm curious, though. I know that, like, you know, the problem, like, a lot of people don't know how to handle 
death at all. It's a very uncomfortable subject. So, and then like when somebody wants to support another person who's lost somebody, they don't always know what to say. Have you had an issue with people um, in your life not supporting you in a way that's helpful? Yes. What kinds of things do you think they could have done to make it easier for you? They could have been a little bit more sensitive. Mm-hmm. How, yeah. how, in what ways were they insensitive? Telling me that I should have gotten over it, basically. There's no timeline on grief, you know? It takes everybody their own amount of time, and I think maybe, you'll, you know, it might, it's always a part of you, I think. Think, it is. Yeah. That is one reason we wanted to do this podcast is to bring some awareness to grief and how other people feel and how we can actually help other people and, and you know, not make it worse and not be pushy and things like that. I think that, um, you know, especially with COVID, you know, happening and a lot of loss, unfortunately, uh, this is a time that we all need to yes. learn how to help each other. Right. So a lot of people have uh, their, I was reading about like traditions and like in the United States, we have wakes and we have funerals and that's kind of how we say goodbye. Were you able to do any of that um, with your aunt and your dad? Um, we had a small graveside service for my aunt, but my father requested that there not be a funeral. That's what's been the hardest part of all this is not being able to say goodbye to my dad. Oh. Yeah. Before they did what they had to do to take care of his body. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, my dad was on a ventilator um, before he passed away. And so I didn't really get to say goodbye to him either. Um, It was really hard. It was like all I wanted to do was say I love you one more time. That was kind of like how I've always felt and it's always stuck with me. That's one of the things that's always kind of been hard for me when I get in my feelings about my parents. So I really miss my dad. I was daddy's little girl. I'll always be daddy's little girl. I miss my aunt and (laughs) my aunt and I were talking about the day that my dad passed away. Um, that I said, I was talking to my aunt, and I said, you know, when my dad got to heaven, my aunt, Pat, my aunt that passed in October, she, she was at heaven and met my dad, and she was like, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I mean, we both started, we were both in tears. We we laughed so hard, we both started crying. It was too funny. My dad had both legs amputated a few years ago, and he couldn't walk. But my dad, he's walking again. Oh, Beth, yeah. I miss my dad. I really miss my dad. Yeah. Yeah. Grief over parents is, it it is so hard. And then when things happen really fast and there, it's like a whirlwind. It's like a, I don't know that it's a, a different kind of grief, but it's definitely a different way you mourn. 
You know what I mean? It's, it's just, a shock. Just, yeah. Yeah. Because at first you're in such a shock that your body has to wait to come out of that before you can even really start to grieve. When I, when I lost my father, I lived in a different state. I had already moved away. And um, so I wasn't there either. Um, I saw him like a couple of months before he passed away. I was able to go up and visit. Um, but I'm not in the same town, so I don't have all those little reminders. I don't have the people that knew him, you know, things like that. And I could imagine that would be really difficult. I lived in a small town when my dad passed away. So I actually worked at Walmart and I had to quit my job because yeah, so many people knew my dad and uh, they would just come through my line and kept talking about him and kept talking about him. And it was yeah. like, it was so hard. I, I, I couldn't do it anymore. My mom was saying that too. Like she was really grateful to leave the town and move down here to be closer to us because everywhere she went, that's all people said, how are you doing? Are you okay? And sometimes it's just too much. You, you know what I mean? When people are always asking you if you're okay, sometimes it's just heavy on you, I would imagine. I mean, my mom just couldn't, she couldn't handle that. It was too much for her. Yeah. After a while, it's just, um, it's when there's just so many people asking you all the time, it's just mm -hmm. overwhelming. Especially in a small town, everybody knows each other and, you know. You can't get away from it, so. And the one question that people keep asking me, keep asking me, are you eating? Are you eating? Are you eating? And I'm like, yes, I'm eating. That's but interesting. That's interesting, actually, because what do we do when someone loses someone? We bring them food. I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder well, how that all happened. Uh, <laughs> hmm, I don't know. I, somewhere down the line, it became a tradition. I think it's people's way, too, of saying, you know, that they love you, Beth, because they just want to make sure you're taking care of yourself. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm eating. I'm taking my meds. You know, Angie and I remind each other, hey, are you taking your meds? Yeah, I think yeah. it's awesome. She told me that. I love that. We talked about that on our last podcast, actually. Yeah. Yeah. You're my medicine buddy. <laughs> Did I have a medicine buddy? This is the buddy, guys. This or is her. <laughs> the buddy system. <laughs> right. It's a good system. I was reading on WebMD about grieving and the physical and mental effects on a person. Grief mm -hmm. can increase blood clots, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, and it also can increase your blood pressure, which I think that makes sense because with stress, your, your yeah. blood pressure can be increased. Um, mentally, it can cause memory loss and confusion, brain fog, over, being overwhelmed with sadness and anger. And it also, all of that may lead to um, anxiety. JohnHopkins.com says grief can be so intense that it can weaken the heart so rapidly it causes broken heart syndrome. So, yeah. So broken heart syndrome is like an amazing phenomenon to me because I'm sure a lot of people have heard this story. It was pretty um, huge at the time. There was this couple in Georgia uh, who passed away just 12 hours apart from one another. So the man who was 94 years old, he died. 
at 2.20 a.m. in the morning, and his wife passed away at 2.20 p.m. the same afternoon. So That's and they, insane. It is, right? Like, that's a huge, like, whoa, that's mind-blowing. But um, they say that she died of broken heart syndrome. So uh, having been married for 71 years, they said it was too wow. hard for her. Yeah, so... One type of therapy that has really helped me a lot, and it did help me with grief, um, is DBT. And there are many skills that they have, but a couple of the ones I want to mention are uh, mindfulness. And mindfulness is staying in the moment, the here and now. Um, It's to decrease suffering and increase happiness. Would um, meditation kind of serve as a mindfulness? Yes. Okay. It would definitely serve. So it's definitely something they talk about under mindfulness. Okay, great. Um, increasing control over your mind, which meditation helps with that also. And experiencing reality as it is, like I say, it is what it is. And that's where I get that from. <laughs> and <laughs> I wanted to say too, it, is prayer also considered a type of mindfulness? Um, I'm not really sure because they try to steer away from um, any kind of certain religion or talking about anything other than a higher power. And that is usually when, I mean, but I guess, I mean, if you're sitting silent talking to your higher power, that is a type of meditation. Mm -hmm. So um, I say, yes, I don't know what Dr. Linehan would say. Dr. Linehan created DBT. So (laughs) Okay. I'm not sure what she would say. Okay, but. cool. I agree with I agree with you. I think it is too. Right. But I was just curious. Okay. Another one of their skills is emotion regulation. This is a really good one. It's where you learn to understand and name your emotions as you feel them. It helps to decrease the frequency of unwanted emotions and it decreases emotional suffering. And I can say for both of these things that they have helped me incredibly. Um, learning to name my emotion as I felt it um, helped because sometimes I don't know what I'm feeling. So I have to really sit and think and name that emotion. That way I can figure out, oh, I'm anxious. So maybe I'm anxious because of this or this or this, or maybe I'm just having a really bad day and I need to take a PRN and that's why I'm grouchy. And this is why, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, Right. So it, you know, all leads back to um, understanding and naming your emotion so that you can figure out what's going on. Right. Being aware. That's, that's good. One of the other things someone can do if they're really having a difficult time uh, is just see a bereavement counselor. Uh, They might have DBT as one of their uh, skills. Um, There's other things they can do as well to help people, um, grieve the loss of loved ones or other personal losses, um, because it's not just limited to the death of a loved one. You, you can suffer grief from divorce, from uh, chronic terminal or terminal illness, uh, loss of a really long-term job, somebody you've been friends with forever. Um, you're even like relationships where parents and children are lo- no longer in each other's lives. So there are all these types of grief that a counselor can help you with that will tailor to your specific needs. The other thing I wanted to mention is the importance that pets play in like grief and recovery. Um, I had 
this beautiful cat. She she recently passed away, but um, mm-hmm. I adopted her when I lost another one of my fur babies who I love so much, and I was grieving really hard. And she just used to come and sit with me and put her little paw on my arm and comfort me. So, and you know, a lot of people are like, cats are pretty aloof, but they're not. And so, okay, you can look this up on the catniptimes.com. This is about cats, but dogs are very similar, they're saying. So uh, just hanging around with your pets and um, spending time with them will increase your oxytocin, your dopamine, your serotonin, and your endorphins, all the feel goods, um, which will help us when we're going through grief. And they have a spiritual connection with us. They say that um, cats are very adaptive and they're tuned into you. So they can tell that you're grieving. Um, they, They will go at your pace. Their purring can lower your stress, ease anxiety, and lower your blood pressure. So that's cool. Um, But I have to say through my own experience, I really do feel that, and her name was Gracie. I really do feel that Gracie knew that I was mourning. I I believe that she knew and she would come over. If I was crying, she'd come over and put her paw gently on my arm and sit with me and wait until I was done crying. Like it was so bizarre. Yeah. And um, so don't discount how much comfort your um, furry companions can give you. And then the last thing um, I wanted to mention was support groups. If you're going through a lot of grief, there are tons of support groups online, uh, in person. And I did just want to shout out to healgrief.org. If you go there, there are so many resources. They can help you find exactly what you're looking for. So if you need some help, go to healgrief.org. Grief is experienced in many ways. If you want to support someone grieving, experts say, let the person lead. You know, let them lead what you talk about. If they want to talk about the person, let them talk about the person. If they want to talk about the day, let them talk about the day. Mm -hmm. If they don't really want to talk about anything and they just want you to sit there with them, just, you know, sit there with them. Right. And they may want a distraction. So They may want a distraction. So, yeah, let them lead you. Okay. Second of all, resist judging. You don't know what the person is going through that has lost the pet or has lost, had the miscarriage or, mm-hmm. you know, or co-worker any of those. Dies. Yeah. Yeah. Coworker dies or they've lost their job or any of that stuff. So offer practical help. Um, do you need me to bring you dinner tonight? Do you need to go anywhere? Do you need to go shopping? Do you need me to go shopping for you? Um, Anything like that. Mm -hmm. Acknowledge the loss and their feelings. So acknowledging that I know that you're so, you know, your feelings are valid. You need to, people need to. People people need to be validated. Yes. Yes. I think that's that's one of the most important ones, really, I think. Right. And one of the last things is is very important too and is to know it's unhealthy to push someone towards closure mm-hmm. do not do that yeah people grieve in their own process they actually say if you don't grieve effectively then it causes you issues later on mm-hmm. so you need to be able to grieve people don't know how you're feeling don't let other people tell you how you feel okay and don't let other people tell you that it's you know not okay to grieve or to stop grieving. Which actually brings me to 
Um, some of the things that people say that are like the worst things to say to somebody when they're grieving, and this is on grief. You, you guys can read about this on grief.com, but I thought some of them were really interesting and stuff that um, people say tend to say a lot, which is unfortunate. And I'm only going to read a couple of them and then we will put these up on facebook.com. And you can, like I said, you can look at it on grief.com also, but um, things like, you know, she lived a long life. So many people mm. die when they're young. Like, mm. like that's <laughs> like, like that's better. You know, um, he's in a better place now. We, a lot of people say that I've actually said that too, which I feel bad yeah. about now. Um, there's a reason for everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't like that one. Um, she's such a good person. God wanted her. I know how you feel. That's a really good one too, because, um, do you really like put yourself in that situation? Have you been in that exact situation? If you haven't, then right. you don't know. And even then, everyone experiences things differently. So you can say, I can yeah, imagine how you feel. I've said that too. Like, I know how you feel, but I never say I know exactly how you feel. Right. I try to say, I know how you feel because, and mm -hmm. you know, when I'm, I don't, yeah, maybe yeah. I should not say that, I guess. I think we've all done some of these. Bad so <laughs> I've done it. I've done it too. Um, it was her time to go. Uh, you can still have another child. Yeah, things like that. Mm. They're very insensitive. Um, that one is extremely insensitive. Yeah. Me. I had a miscarriage when I was younger. And I will never forget. Somebody said to me, it's for the best. Mm -mm -mm. And I'm not going to say who it was, but um, it was because I was young and it was very hurtful. So yeah, these are not I mean, things. It's that, a human life. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it made me feel like that, that the life of the baby was not even validated, much less my feelings. So we need right. to be careful um, how we talk to people and uh, and, you know, you can support people by just being there and listening. That's really the best thing you, you really can do can. Mm -hmm. and offer help. Just like you said, offer help. Be compassionate. Um, just be compassionate and give these people grace to go through uh, what they're going through. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, try to understand sometimes if they may be a little angry or um, upset or having a bad day or, you know, try not to take it personally. It's not you. It's, it's the grief. It's the process. So, Angie, what is the mantra for this week? Grief never ends, but it changes. It's a passage, not a place to stay. Grief is not a sign of weakness nor a lack of faith. It is the price of love. That's actually beautiful. I think it's beautiful too. Mm -hmm. It it really is the price of love. It is. If we didn't love, I mean, people want to avoid grief, but then you would have to avoid loving. And we're here to love, I, I believe. Well, yeah, I believe that too. It's one of the best things <laughs> in life. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. And on that thought, we love all of you who are listening and we're stronger together and we'll see you next time. See you guys next time. Mask up. Peace out. Unified through chronic and mental illness can be found at anchor.fm slash unified. There you can find all social media links as well as other ways to listen.